Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome again to our gymnastics podcast. I am Taylor Davis, joined by McKenna Kelly, here to talk all things gymnastics. And I am so excited to tell you that we officially have a name. We do. Can I go ahead and say it? Yeah, McKenna came up with it. So uh, why don't you tell the people? Okay, guys. This podcast is called Chalk Talk. Yeah. Okay. And the reason behind it is I just remember as a gymnast, um, the chalk block or the chalk bucket, chalking up between um, turns on bars, that was just the place where all the tea was spilled. That's where (laughs) you talked about your day. That's where you talked about the crushes you had, or that's where you talked about how mad you were at your coach. That was where it happened. And I just felt like it was punny, and this is what we're doing. We're sitting here talking all things gymnastics, and so I just felt like Chalk Talk was appropriate. I love it so much, and you posted something about it on your Instagram story, and yeah. my mom was like, that is such a good name. So if you get yes. the mom stamp of approval, you're Definitely. Good. Oh my gosh, it is so <laughs> hard to please mom. Okay, right? a funny story about pleasing mom. Considering my mom knows a little bit about gymnastics, I remember every, just a little bit, every time we, so as a gymnast, you obviously have a floor routine and then every, what, two years, uh, you would get a new one. And picking floor music is like the most fun process because you kind of, I mean, huh. each year you get older. So like you can kind of change up your theme or whatever you're feeling. And pleasing my mom with floor music was the <laughs> hardest thing. That was like the easily the hardest thing in my entire gymnastics career to get really? my mom's approval of. Yes, that was honestly the only thing my mom really ever had an opinion on when it came to my gymnastics. Um, and, and I was like, mom, that you don't have the room to talk because you always had like weird piano music. Like I'm allowed to have fun stuff. So I don't right. know. Right. It's yeah. different. Okay, so she For, wanted more classical. Well, no, I don't. I don't even know. She just anything I picked. She was like, "Can I just like don't? I can't see you dancing that." I'm like, "Mom, I love it." I'm like seven, you know, like whatever. <laughs> it was probably awful, but anyway. So if we have your mom's approval, I think I think we've done it. We're off to a good start. <laughs> we are chalk talk. I love that. I feel like if I were a gymnast, I would have been a regular at the chalk bucket just to get all the deets, you know? Definitely. But you could definitely have expected your coach to be like, all right, stop talking, get back on the That's bar. enough. It's, oh, because the coaches is- know it. They oh know it goes God. down there too. Duh. Are you kidding? <laughs> and you and, and like as a gymnast, you just take your sweet time. Like you're just over there getting at it. And it's funny because each gymnast has kind of their own routine of how they chalk up. Like I remember I had a t- – like some girls don't like a lot of chalk on their grips. Some girls have to spit on their grips before or like don't right. like water at all. And so I don't know. It depends on the gymnast of how long they take the chalk up. But you definitely take advantage of that time. That is so funny. Yeah. Well, this is definitely going to be – Chalk Talk. Um, For our first-time listeners, welcome in. Um, My name is Taylor Davis. I am a sports reporter and host, and my co-host McKenna Kelly was a gymnast at LSU. I'm sure everyone is so familiar with her and everything that she has accomplished. So we have teamed up uh, to bring you a podcast all about gymnastics. We're talking everything um, college gymnastics, the elite world. Um, obviously we'll cover all things Olympics as that gets closer and we'll treat this like the chalk bucket. And we'll just talk about all things going on, uh, in our lives and in our careers. And we will also take input from our listeners and make sure that you guys are involved as well. So we are excited that you have joined us and 
Uh, we did not do one last week because our girl McKenna got those wisdom teeth out. I did. I did. <laughs> oh, man. Kept you out for a little bit, but it we're back did. in action. We are. We're here. Yeah. Uh, so you were telling me before we started recording that you are back in the good old boot. You're in Baton Rouge yes. um, for the gymnastics banquet that's coming up. I am. I am. Um, so each year, and I'm sure any gymnastics team does this, um, club or college, uh, we have a banquet each year. And so um, anyone can come. Boosters can come. Alumni can come. You just have to you know, pay a ticket to be there, to be part of the action. Um, it's a great way to stay involved and see what the upcoming season looks like and to kind of celebrate um, the past season. So we like to do it the start of every um, new year or new you know, semester, new fall semester. Um, because we want the freshmen to kind of see what they have to look forward to, what they can accomplish, um, and that sort of thing. So I am so happy to be back. Um, I just moved back to Houston after graduating. So the friend group is slim to none, okay? The friend group is slim to none because <laughs> all of my high school friends are everywhere. You know, everyone's got their yeah. lives going. So um, all of my girls are back in Baton Rouge. And so to be back and to oh, be back wow. with the team and my senior class, I am – oh, my heart is so happy. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so that'll that be this post-grad weekend. life. I know it's, it's weird. Tough, it feels girl. like just a extended. I mean, for right now. So I guess my job right now is is motivational speaking, and that's not an everyday job. So you know, sometimes like I'll have a week of full speaking, and then the next week is I've absolutely nothing. So it's like yeah. it's kind of odd, and I don't do well with downtime. So. um it, it feels like an extended summer vacation almost, but like <laughs> I enjoy to be productive and I enjoy to have a booked schedule. So on the off yeah. days, it, it's it's rough, but I'm I'm definitely happy to be back. Well, hey, I see you keep busy the the leotards and the you know the motivational yes. speaking. You're you're staying busy. I see you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely enjoy your time back. It's always uh, super. I always get so nostalgic when I go back. I'm an Auburn grad and anytime that I get to go back for work or anything like that, like oh, yeah. I feel like, oh, I, I still own the, you know, like yeah. I own this joint and Definitely. meanwhile, no one gives a crap that no. I went there six years ago, you know? Isn't it crazy? Like you look it's around and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know anybody here. Like yep. turns out life life keeps going without you. It's nice. Isn't it something? Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's weird, but I think that's awesome that y'all do that uh, starting into the next year because the freshmen do kind of get a taste of what is about to be theirs. Yeah, definitely. There's there's so many, I think, behind the scenes things and um, accolades that don't have to come just from gymnastics that at least um, the LSU program always likes to recognize. And I think sure. that's so important because gymnastics only lasts for so long. I mean, at the end of the day, you are developing yourself not only as an athlete in college, but as a person. I mean, you're trying to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And yeah. um, and so it's important that you incorporate all of those things and you let the freshmen be able to see, you know, where you started from and, and where where you are now. It's awesome. Well, definitely enjoy it. Enjoy your time in Baton Rouge and relive those glory days, you know? Yes, We're never too um, old. I plan to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today we are going to be talking about um, a couple different storylines. Obviously, the World Selection Camp was held this past weekend, so we will be breaking down that team selection. Uh, and NCAA official practice began last week as well, so we'll 
start talking about the college teams that are beginning uh, the long journey to that oh, national man. championship in April and uh, get excited for this season that honestly will be here before we know it. So, ah, I'm so excited. Um, Let's go ahead and start uh, with the elite. Like I said, World Selection Camp was held this past weekend um, in Florida, and the team was selected. So, McKenna, why don't you break down the team members that were selected yeah. this past week, and then we'll dive into each of them a little bit more. Yeah, so I have the Twitter pulled up right here, and it's got it's named all of the girls. So we've got Simone Biles, Jade Carey, Kara Eager, Sinisa Lee, Grace McCallum, Michaela Skinner, and then the two alternates, Morgan Hurd and Leanne Wong. And I mean, the alternates are surprising. Morgan Hurd yeah. and Leanne Wong are, I mean, reigning champions in, in yeah. their own in their own six success. So I mean, we have Morgan Hurd, who was the 2017 um all-around champion. And then last right. year she came in with bronze. And so for her to be named alternate is it's a bit shocking. And and I mm-hmm. I know the the gym turnet, as we like to call them, um, <laughs> was freaking out a little bit. They were they were a bit upset and um, but that that is the problem when you have such a stacked group of girls to pick from. Um right. I mean, of course you have Simone Biles, that's a no-brainer. You're you're definitely gonna get everything you need from her. Um Jade Carey, she's also a phenomenal, um, powerful gymnast. She she and Michaela Skinner are similar in the sense of l- the level of difficulty that they can bring. Um, hmm. And Michaela Skinner, she was a, a Utah Ute. She should be a senior this year, but she she was a 2016 Olympic alternate for the Rio Games in Brazil, and that wasn't enough for her. Her goal was to make that team, and so she she deferred. She took the year back from Utah. She was like, I got to make this happen. So this girl going from competing every single week for 13 weeks straight in college, three years in a row, came out of that to beat herself up even more, add more difficulty. I mean, I have so much respect for this girl. I mean, I remember how my body felt um, after meets and this girl is a machine that she can handle herself (laughs) in this matter. So, Um, and then you've got Kara Eager who is the most beautiful beam worker. She reminds me of, um, I had a past teammate named Aaron McAdag and, uh, very similar style, graceful, mm-hmm. powerful, kind of Sarah Finnegan-esque as well. Um, she just brings such fluidity to the beam. It, it looks like she's on the floor the way she performs it. And then wow. you have Sinisa Lee who can rock a bar routine. I mean, uh, it's uh, the skills and the connections and the sequences that she does is, with technique, it's it's astounding. And then Grace McCallum, she's she's a fierce competitor. From how I've seen her compete, she's there for business um, and she gets the job done. I mean, this is a stacked team. This is a stacked team for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the alternates is a bit shocking. But again, that is what happens when you have such a powerhouse group of girls. Yeah. And, you know, the thing with gymnastics that's so difficult is sometimes it has nothing to do with your resume. Oftentimes it has nothing to do with your resume. We have seen it time and time again uh, on on the elite stage and the college stage where what is expected of you, what is expected to be your outcome, it all comes down to that day. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Absolutely does. For Morgan, um, Morgan Hurd, I know that was uh, shocking. She came in ninth place 
and uh, given her accolades in the past and what you expect her to be able to do come competition right. day, um, now she, you know, is is there as a non-traveling alternate. But um, I want to talk about Simone for a second. She won the yeah. all-around, which secures the one automatic spot. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> she has not lost an all-around competition since 2013. Um, this girl has potentially single-handedly taken gymnastics to another level, right? Both her, her oh my gosh. raw talent, her work ethic, her commitment to this sport at 22 years old saying, I'm not done. Look, look what I'm doing. And somehow still taking her skills to another level. As someone who grew up with an icon in the sport, I'm sure you're familiar with you know, what it takes to pave a path in a sport like gymnastics. Give me your perspective on what Simone is continually accomplishing in her career. I'm over here shaking my head just because where do you even begin? Where do you even begin with her? She, I mean, the, not only has she shown that she can do superhuman things, the potential she has, sure. she still has untapped potential and she's shown us that every single year she adds more difficulty. And as a gymnast, your peak age is probably 16 to 18, depending wow. on kind of your background of gymnastics. You know, if you grew up in the elite world, your peak age is probably a little earlier. If, if you were a little later into the game, you have, I guess, more rest upon your body. The numbers were a little less. The difficulty was a little less. I, w- I would imagine you have more kind of power to your pack, but Simone at 22 years old is continually getting better. She is yeah. adding difficulty when when most girls at that age have to take it back. But to hang right. in, to to be up there with Simone, you have to keep adding. And and for the other girls, what's crazy is they all work so hard. And and, and not to discredit anybody for that, but the amount of difficulty Simone adds, it is it's just, it's mind blowing. It is truly mind blowing. Right. She is the Michael Jordan, the Tom Brady of the sport. <laughs> she the is. goat. The goats. goats. She is. It's without question. Well, and that brings up an interesting point because, you know, looking ahead to Tokyo, there is obviously the team aspect. And when you're representing USA, you want to bring home that team gold. Um, But there there are a lot of individual accolades in gymnastics and, and you commit your entire life to this sport and to your craft. So for these other girls that are representing the United States and competing along with Simone, but in a way, you have to know in the back of your mind, I likely could only get the highest I could get is second place. It, right. Is that discouraging? I mean, if, if I'm, I can't speak for everybody. Um, but if I'm speaking for myself, I don't even know how I would feel. I, of course, of course, because you want to, you want to compete to win. You want to compete to win and knowing, going into a competition, knowing that like the, probably the best you can do is second. Of course, that doesn't feel as good as being first. Um, but to, again, I don't, I'm not trying, I don't want to discredit anybody for the hard work because they, they all bring it to the table, but that is part, that's part of it. That is part of it. When you know your competition is that good, you, I guess yeah. you, you don't have the choice, but to be okay with that. Right. That's interesting. Um, well, obviously this team will compete in the world championships in Germany in October, uh, really exciting to see what transpires from that. Speaking Definitely. of, uh, you know, the hard work, you alluded to what Michaela Skinner has had to do to get to this yes. point. Um, I remember covering her in college and 
she has ice water in her veins. It is so apparent when she competes, (laughs) no stage is too big for her. Another thing that has really helped her is when she got to college, she did not take out a ton of her difficulty from her time in the elite world. So she has stayed up on these skills and on her power that we know to expect from her, especially on vault and floor. Um, Do you think that she has peaked or do you think she still has more room to improve? Yeah. Um, Has she peaked? Um, With an athlete like Michaela Skinner, she has continually shown that she can do more. Mm. Um, And because she was able to keep up with the difficulty, I think at a certain level, when you are in the elite world and you do such difficult gymnastics, it it is almost, almost harder to take out that difficulty and water things down. I I know I even had trouble doing that. Um, My fresh or my sophomore year, I put a full in as my second pass because I was over rotating an easier pass. It was, it was too easy for me. So I had to go. Bummer. No, But I'm, you know, that and the same thing I could say for Michaela, she, she keeps a double twisting double back as her first pass. She not only trains it every day in the gym, she competes it on a hard floor for 13 weeks in a row. I can't even. I can't even allude to like I the amount of pain she must feel the next day. But I was actually – I caught up with her um, at the national championship last year. We were in the cold tub after um, – it was either practice day or maybe even first day. Um, and we were we were cold tubbing and we were trying to get recovery in. And I was like, dude, how is your body? Because mine is trashed and you do way harder stuff. Like how are you? She's like, I'm fine. I'm good. She's like, I'm really fine. I'm like, you're a super freak. You're inhuman. Like I don't know how you do it. Um so this girl, this girl is adding difficulty. She's improving. And I think the biggest thing for Michaela um, before the college world was her form. She had a yeah. she had a lot of trouble with staying clean and, and that those little things add up. Those add up. Um, but her difficulty is so good that she's still able to to hang in there. But college is all about perfection. It's not so much about difficulty. And sh- that made all the difference for her. She came back and she's hitting those handstands on bars. She's pointing her toes. Her legs are straight. She's tight. She lands great. I mean, the kid sticks pretty much everything. Um, so I think if anything, college, that realm helped her. She had, yeah. she didn't have a choice but to get clean. Um, and she was able to translate that along with more difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously so much talk about Simone and and what she's continuing to do in the sport at 22 Mm -hmm. years old, but Michaela's got to be 2021 as well. And even though she went the college route, like we said, she didn't take a lot of her difficulty out. So she really hasn't taken time away from the sport either. That's true. I didn't think about that. You're right. You know, I tweeted the other day, I said something like, you know, it's it's. I'm starting to take it personally that all of these elite gymnasts are doing a double double as their third pass, <laughs> walking into it. Because I used to, I did that skill as well, but I had to sprint like two whole floor lengths just to get to my feet. I'm like, what are we all eating? Like, what? It, how? How is this possible? It's nuts. Yeah, I uh, I would take these athletes over most in the world. I mean, it's just. Mind blowing. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. If you don't consider yourself a gymnastics fan, it's because you have not watched it. It's just, it's mind blowing. Uh, And so much respect. Well, um, as these girls prepare for world championships in October, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's so much excitement around that. 
around the fact that Tokyo is just right around the corner. I mean, it is so wild to me because I remember Simone saying, I'll be back Tokyo 2020. And I was like, wow, that is so long from now. And it's here. here. we are. Yeah. So crazy. Um, But definitely we'll get everybody a, a sense of what the team could potentially look like in Tokyo um, at world championships. I, I was reading a yeah. few articles about the potential strategy behind picking the team, which I think is something that isn't talked about or even thought about much. Um, but there is, you know, an aspect to prioritizing some apparatus over others, not neglecting them. Absolutely not. But if you know you're going into world championships with vault and floor that are so superior with power like right. you have in Simone and Michaela, it gives you a little bit more room for error on, you know, bars or beam where you maybe have a one or two people that you know are going to be rock solid. But then, you know, obviously there's talk about bars not being Simone's best event. So it mm-hmm. gives you a little bit more room for for error and adjustments on the other two apparatus, which I think is an interesting strategy that you you don't necessarily uh, talk a whole lot about heading into a competition. Yeah. Um, and, and that is that that's something you kind of have to you have to look at who you have and you you have to look at what the world, the rest of the world looks like, too. Yeah, um, because you can expect from Russia that they're going to have incredible, and China too, incredible bars and uh, beam workers. And mm-hmm. you can expect that from them. So you have to you have to strategize in a way that you want to walk away with the most medals. I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to win. Right. Um, and that is the good and the bad of having such a select level of, of incredible gymnasts who can bring pretty much all anything to the table, um, you have to stack the team according to to your best odds. Um, mm-hmm. and, and of course, I'm assuming that's what they're doing with the world championships. Um, but looking into Tokyo, uh, I mean, that's a, I know, I know it's so close, but that is also a little less than a year away and so much can happen. I mean, there are girls right. that didn't go to the world championship team because of injuries and, and they could come back and, and some of these girls on the team for world championship now could be injured. So there's, there's still so much that could happen. Um, it's hard to be able to tell, but you know, of course you want to kind of make your forecast now, but um, again, you are trying to strategize in the, in the best way to come out on top. Yeah. I mean, that happens in the college world as well with the lineups on each apparatus and moving people around in the lineup. And uh, sometimes that happens very last minute to throw off the other team. I mean, it really is approach the same way, you know, football, basketball, you, you analyze what the defense is going to give you and you adjust your offensive plan and your scheme accordingly. That all happens in gymnastics too. It's just in a different way and and you're Mm -hmm. adjusting personnel and skills more than a particular scheme. But that whole aspect of it is is interesting to me. So interested to see, you know, what they'll put out there at Worlds, what all they'll show um, and, and then how it'll be adjusted moving forward. So we will keep our eyes and ears on everything around the world championships. Uh, they will be here very soon. Um, October 4th through 13th. So very exciting. Um, switching gears to the NCAA world. Like I said earlier, practice began this past week for college teams. Um, McKenna, as someone who, you know, went through that several years, what is it like when you 
take time away after a season completes and and you give yourself some R&R, a little downtime, which is much needed after a very long season. But then you come back, you're in the gym with your team. uh, You know, you're starting all the way over. Uh, Is it, is it nerves? Is it excitement? What all surrounds that first day of practice? It's all the above. It is all the above because you are coming off of a very long, very hard season on your body and mentally. Um, and you're you're having an enjoyable summer. And of course, gymnastics is not one of the sports that you can just take take all this time off. You know, you have you you have to be in the gym. You have to keep up and. Um, and so, but, but according to NCAA rules, the coach is not allowed to be in there and give you an actual assignment, which on the athlete side, that is so nice. Cause you can kind of just go at your own pace. You know, you can take as much time as you personally need. Every athlete's different. I mean, yeah. I had, I had former teammates that felt like they had to be in the gym every day. And then I had former teammates who would show up a month before official started and they were totally fine. It just, it wow. just depends on the athlete, the mentality, their experience, all of that. Um, but it is a mixture of emotions being back in the gym. It's full swing. Officials go, go time because you had all these new freshmen who are still trying to get accustomed, who have are so much thrown on their plate and, and the rest of the team knows how things go and they, they expect the freshmen to get it. But, but you have to remember you are fresh. Everyone was a freshman at one point. You remember that overwhelming feeling. You have to give them grace and you have to give them credit for that, um, you got to walk them through it. You know, the, the the upperclassmen of the team, they're expected to pull the load. They're expected to show up and, and have a good attitude, bring the leadership, um, bring the morals, the values, explain the culture and represent the program yeah. um, in such a way that the freshmen get a hold of that and understand what's okay and what's not. Um, but physically being back in the gym, it's hard, man. Preseason <laughs> is a grind. It is it is very hard. I mean, you've got you've got you've got weights, you've got the full schedule going. You've got weights, yeah. you've got class, tutoring, community service. I mean, you've got and practice, of course. You've got all these things expected to fit in the day and done well, done without complaint, done without um, done with being effortless. Um, and they expect that of you. And as a, I remember as a freshman, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm doing everything wrong. I feel like I have no time to breathe. But I mean. <laughs> That's that's every that's every freshman year. Um, it just takes a while to get accustomed to, and I think the rest of the team has to remember that and has to um, kind of coax them into that. Right. Well, if there are any freshmen that are beginning their new world in college gymnastics that are listening, what would be a piece of advice that you would give to them? Oh man, um, be patient with yourself. I I found myself. Um, comparing so much to the upperclassmen. I mean, I was literally looking at the juniors and the seniors like, oh my gosh, they just, everything's so easy for them. And like, they just have everything um, so figured out. It's like, no kidding, McKenna. They've had three, <laughs> two to three years here already. Of course they know what they're doing. Yeah. But at one point they were in my shoes and they didn't know what they were doing and they felt this way. Um, but just, yeah, to be patient with yourself and and to to figure out what works best for you because not everything that everyone else does might be your cup of tea or maybe it's not. Um, right. I remember studying was a big thing. I had I had some teammates that would spend weeks studying. I mean, that's all they did and they would do really well in the classroom. And so I remember I would try to do that, but that study method was not good for me. I, I would end up not doing well on the exam and I would do better studying two days before the exam and I would do great. So it really just depends – on you, how things go for you. So that's, that's what I mean. Might be patient with yourself. Just, just allow yourself room to try things, um, and be okay with, be okay with failing because there's going to be a lot of trial and error. Yeah. 
I mean, it's definitely a, a work in progress. I talk to athletes um, on a weekly basis. And anytime I talk to freshmen, they are always telling me I, it's an adjustment period. No one has ever said, oh, yeah, I woke up and I, uh, I'm, I'm fitting in really well with my new team, no. new college, new <laughs> life, new town, new classes. No right. one says that. Being like, away from home. Yeah. Right. Everyone, every single young athlete that I talk to says, I'm adjusting. So that means mm-hmm. it's a process. Give yourself it time. It absolutely is. Give yourself some grace and know that you luckily are going to be with these people a lot. Yeah. And I yeah. say luckily because they will take you under their wing and and get you uh, to where you're feeling comfortable and confident. And it eventually does feel like home. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I get so excited, uh, any of the social media posts or anything, seeing these college teams in the gym. I It's crazy to think that they're already getting after it. And it is such a long, grueling season that will begin in January. But these practices are, are huge to build that team chemistry and camaraderie, um, get people back up to speed with their skills and in top condition. I mean, there's just so much that has to happen between now and January. Um, when you look at the NCAA field the past few years, um, it did kind of become, you know, Oklahoma, UCLA, LSU, Florida, except for Florida missing out on the national championship this past year, which was wild. But mm-hmm. um, albeit a little premature, but if you were looking ahead, knowing what you know about the girls who are returning in the NCAA yeah. this year, uh, new freshmen coming in, do you anticipate a season similar to years past or could we see a dark horse come up this year? Um, that is a great question. Yeah, it is a bit premature. Um, just considering things have just started and with the whole new regional format, anything can happen. I mean, like you said, we saw that last year from Florida. We saw a team who not only goes to the national championship every year, but they win. They show up, they do the job two days in a row and they win. So for them to have missed out and for Oregon state to have stepped up the way they did, they took advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, anything can happen. So it's hard to predict, but you've got returning returning um, classmates from, from every team with stacked rosters. I yeah. mean, an incoming freshman who have a resume that that goes out the door. So it is, it's really hard to tell. But um, again, sometimes that adjustment period for freshmen, it either works or it takes a little more time. So it, it's all going to come down to um, how well the, their culture as the program stands, um, how well that the freshmen can adapt, um, and how, and injuries too. That's a huge thing yeah. too. Being an older, being, being a female athlete, especially in the sport of gymnastics, you can expect injuries. You can expect something aching on every single kid on the team. Um, and so you've got kids coming back from surgeries this past summer or, or even like lo- year long, um, injuries that, that you didn't see from them last year. So you've got athletes you've never even seen before, um, that, that have the experience of at least being within the program. Um, so anything can happen, but yeah, I mean, you have teams like OU who are ridiculously dominant, yeah. who are precise and so perfectly executed with their form, um, 
and their grace and they truly bring artistic gymnastics to the stage. Um, you've got, and you've that, got Reagan Smith to that mix. Reagan Smith. Yeah. I mean, she, she was an alternate for the 2016 Rio Olympic games. And now she is an incoming freshman. And I know just from hearing elite gymnasts come into the college world, it it is a whole new ball game for them. Not only are they, not only can they water their things down, but for them, that is so easy and it's so fun. They get a whole new definition of gymnastics. They have a whole new meaning. They're not just fighting for themselves and they're not having to beat themselves up so much in the gym. They can have a social life now. I mean, those that's thriving for them. Most of the time, those, those elite gymnasts are thriving in this new environment. Yeah, um, and she'll be learning behind teammate Maggie Nichols, who translated so well to the college world. Oh my gosh. It was, it was seamless. It yeah. was seamless. I mean, the rest of us look awful. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it definitely seems like uh, OU has, has the makings. Whatever KJ Kindler is doing over there is working. God. Yeah. Oh man. I, I couldn't even, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> but then, you know, e- there's also been some coaching moves. Now Jordan Weber is at Arkansas. Like, oh my that's gosh. The thing yes. About gymnastics is it's continually evolving and yeah. I that's one thing that gets me a little irked about college football and I can say this because I work on it. Uh <laughs> right. It does become a little redundant. Like once again, yeah. it's the Clemson and Alabama show. Like yep. I'm yep. over it. And same in the NFL, <laughs> it's the Patriots show. Like in gymnastics, you have sprinkled talent everywhere everywhere across the entire field and an individual can make a huge impact for a absolutely so yeah and even when you look at florida them missing national championship last year could be the very thing that gets them there this year there is nothing like an unexpected defeat to light a fire under a program you know what i mean though like yes it could be the year they're training with a chip on their shoulder. Those girls are hungry. Yep. God, I feel bad for that freshman class because <laughs> <laughs> I know those juniors and seniors are like, no, we don't have time. You don't have time to adjust. You better get it. Like, we yeah. got to do this. Yeah. Man. It's yeah. awesome. I mean, it's it's the reason why the sport can be broadcasted week after week because things can change at the drop of a hat. Definitely. And it, definitely. And, and lineups can shift. Yep. Injuries can happen. Absolutely. Yep. It's awesome. Um, we'll definitely be watching closely as these teams continue practice and storylines start to develop because it's never too early to talk about it here on Chalk Rock. Right. Definitely. Hey. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Uh, definitely keep listening to us. Subscribe. Uh, be a loyal listener, if you will. Uh, we're really excited to continue this. And like we said at the beginning, definitely interact with us. If you have a topic or a question you want us to cover, be sure and reach out. You can find me at Taylor Beth Davis and you can find McKenna at McKen Kelly. Um, we definitely want to hear from you guys and interact and make sure, um, that we are appealing to our listeners. Our whole goal in this is to give a voice to a sport that doesn't have, as loud of a voice as it should. So yep. um, definitely let us know what you want to talk about. And we will be back every week now that McKenna's got those wisdom teeth out. We will be back yes. doing this weekly. So keep an eye out on our social media. We will announce every time an episode drops. So McKenna, as always, it's been a pleasure. 
It's been a pleasure. (laughs) All right, guys, have a good rest of your week and we will talk to you next week on Chalk Talk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.